for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. And today's topic is kind of backpedaling a little bit. So we've learned a lot of little bits about a ton of different topics. And one of those topics was about vision. Um, We have found a new study from April of 2021 and we want to talk to you guys about it and the findings that they found with dyslexia and vision. It's not super in-depth, but it's just kind of like interesting little findings here and there. Dyslexia isn't caused by a problem with our vision. We're not nearsighted, we're not farsighted, but we do see the world a little differently, sort of. So we talked about a study um, last season that shows that people with dyslexia have a wider peripheral vision than those that don't have dyslexia. We speculated during that episode that this might be why we're seeing um, the issue with jumping lines or getting lost on a page when we're in the middle of a paragraph. This new study from April is kind of talking about that a little bit. Not the peripheral vision side, but maybe why we're seeing this jumping in lines or getting lost on the page. The researchers doing this study wanted to address one really core question in the field. Are reading difficulties the result of a neurological origin or from eye movement that kind of guides that intake of information while we're reading? The study tracked the eye movements of dyslexic readers to see what their eye pattern is during reading. They found that dyslexics have a difficult and laborious time reading through a paragraph because of the stops, pauses that they have to take to intake that information properly. So the measurements that they used to follow these eye movements are things like Um, They're called fixations. So how many times did we stop while reading? The next one has to do with the length of jumps and how far we're jumping away from where we're supposed to be. And then the last measurement is how many times we exhibit these jumps and stops. We already know that dyslexia comes with kind of a spectrum of reading abilities and um, reading speeds. But what they're finding in this study is that consistently the people with dyslexia are reading anywhere from maximum of like one-third slower than our people in our controlled groups. This is even after reading therapy. Yeah, and it it is with even after having um, reading intervention, we're still having these slower reading patterns, and they're really wondering, why are we having these reading patterns? Why are we seeing this disconnect? Why doesn't the reading pattern get better as the reading training is being taught to you? Yeah, implemented. Implemented. So what they found with the study, basically, by following all these different eye movements, is that People with dyslexia are still reading like they're just learning how to read. Even though we've gone through, say, a reading program to help us with the phonics base of it, our ability to intake the information is still as if we've just started reading. So when the participants with dyslexia were reading, they they took time and they paused longer to take in their information, but they didn't have trouble once they took in the information after that long pause, understanding where it works in the context of the sentence and the paragraph that they're reading. This behavior is commonly seen in kids that are learning how to read, like we said, and not in adults who have a normal reading pattern. This shows that that tracking, that 
that inability to be fluid while we're reading was not a result of longer processing time of non-linguistic visual information. So basically, that's a fancy way of saying that. It's not, we're not taking a longer time to process like road signs and things like that. We're taking only a longer time to process this phonics-based language. And this points right back to suggesting that it has an issue with eye movement. This eye movement thing, this only happens with reading. Yes. So this eye movement thing only happens when with reading, with other visual cues and pictures and signs, processing's perfectly normal and fine. This is reading specific, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. I think this study is interesting because it's, it, it shows that along with it being neurological, because we do know that it is, it does have a unique visual aspect to it that... I feel like it factors in... Um, it's like one of those nuances that factors in that people don't necessarily think about. Because, mm-hmm. like, usually when there's something going on, it's always more than one thing. It always comes from multiple different angles because different things affect other things. You know, it's like a... What's the term? Comorbidity? Um, I was actually thinking those things that you set up and then you push over and they fall Dominoes. down. Dominoes. Yes. Sort of like a domino effect, almost. Um, this affects this, which affects this, which goes, turns around and affects that. So knowing and understanding more about how we work is very interesting. Now, how to fix the eye movement, is that even possible? Well, um, that's kind of the question that our our study here is leaving us with is... Now that we know that these eye movements are are consistent and are a thing in the dyslexic community, what do we do for this? And they're really hoping that with the use of smartphones and um, webcams and things like that, that they'll be getting more and more information by being able to track people's eyes. But we're still in the area of wondering, well, is it, do we do a different font? Because does that actually even work? Do we make larger letters or a different type of spacing while we're reading? I've been given glasses as a kid, as a dyslexic, and that didn't help me at all. So I don't think that's the route to go. So font, that's interesting. I know they have tried to make font for dyslexics before. Um, and if they can help control the eye movement with font, that's a very interesting concept. Possibly. Even if they can, it's not a fix because everyone's not going to use the same font just for us. But it's an interesting concept that it may help in other aspects of life, I suppose. Well, for me, it's like, why not, why be focusing on the fonts and things like that and not figure out more of the eye movement and why that happens? Like, I feel like it's just putting the cart before the horse still. I completely agree with you because we don't even know if font is going to help. We have to have more research done on the eye movement and what we're actually doing with that. Like, why are we doing it? Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, why are you doing it? Because I would say if it was a beginning, like a a dyslexic person that's had no formal training, it's because of the phonics issues and not understanding your phonics spaces. But for me as a person that has had the training, I still have this reading pattern. So I have a phonics space. I should be able to use it. Why are my eyes slower? And does that have something to do with the fact that, I don't know, it feels like since we have talked about that for dyslexics, we tend to use the 
right side of the brain versus the left side of the brain and does that have something to do with the way we're taking in the information because like we're almost splitting trying to use both sides sometimes in some ways because like we need to use this side and we're wanting to use this side and our eyes are just like i don't know where to go maybe who knows who um, knows it's a lot more research needs to be done but it's a very interesting research they are doing and i'd like to see where this goes yeah and i think this is also where people kind of get that um that misinformed thing of trying to give kids with dyslexia glasses Mm -hmm. and it's like there is something with the eyes happening but not something that glasses are going to really help with so save your money (laughs) and your your expensive doctor's appointments um that is it for this episode i felt that this was this is an interesting uh study and i am interested to see where this goes i'm always any way we can help us any more information we can have about how we work it's beneficial yeah, I'm fine with anyone trying to figure out more about these neurodiversities because um, it, in the end, will help everyone. Mm-hmm. If you help 20% of the population, basically, you're going to help everybody. Yeah, it's true. Come on. Okay. Huh. Okay. Well, with that, you know where to find us by now. It's melons.podcast. Instagram. It hasn't changed. It's still there. I'm still posting unless, okay, admittedly I do forget sometimes, but I'm still doing it. You have a very excuse for forgetting this week. Do I? I distracted her. I don't think you do. Well, I'm here with her. Yes. So. If this editing style or recording style is a little different, it's because um, we're actually finally hosting in the same closet. Yes. I came to Boston to visit her and I'm having tons of fun, but that's why we didn't post because we were hanging out yeah and the recording is gonna be interesting to figure out but we're doing it i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna have fun editing it yeah my turn it's drew's turn yeah and we're still pumping out stuff for you little melons so be grateful yeah we love 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 talking to you guys every week we are a community and we love talking to our community and sharing our information and new studies that we find because information's important As always, Melons, be different and be kind.